When does a sexual fetish become a mental disorder? How far does the fetish need to go before it becomes a crime? We discuss these questions as we take a look at the story of Gilberto Valley, a New York City cop who took his cannibalism fetish perhaps a bit too far. We'll discuss his online chats, his co-conspirators, and how this all played out in court. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you're a fan of our past episodes on cannibals, stick around. Let's see what this Issei Sagawa wannabe motherfucker has up his sleeve of the NYPD uniform he was wearing during this fiasco. This is Necronomapod. Christine Gilberto Valley, or Gil, as his friends and family call him, says he's been living a nightmare for the past three years. We sat down with the now 31-year-old in his mother's living room, and he didn't shy away from anything. Every question I asked, he answered. Something I lived with since, I mean, puberty. You know, some, I was aroused, but, you know, TV shows, movies, with a woman in bondage, yeah, that's what aroused me. So why not stay with just the bondage? You know, why escalate? Three years ago, Gilberto Valley's long-kept secret was exposed to the world. There are a lot of people out there who are aroused by a lot of weird things. No one would ever admit to it openly because it's embarrassing. But for me, it's out there, you know, so why not, I, I can't hide from it. So I guess a little bit on topic here, I was uh, informed just recently by uh, my friend Brandon that um, Army Hammer, the actor, probably best known for what, Dave? I believe he played the Winklevoss twins in the Facebook social network movie. When I looked him up, I recognized him. So he was I'd recently kind of related to today's topic recently in some uh, hot water over some DMs he had had with some uh, uh, females. And I think this is still alleged. I'm not sure how far this has all went, but in these uh, DMs he's been having with girls on Instagram, he's been talking about being into BDSM, drinking their blood, cutting their toes, and allegedly admitted that he is 100% a cannibal. Mm. 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 (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. Yeah. So were these like unsolicited things he was saying? Yeah, like I think like it it might have been into some role playing. I, I just read the article quickly because, like I said, I had just kind of learned about it uh, recently. But, uh, you know, just kind of the way chats were going and maybe even escalating to that. But he got to the point where as a, you know, a, a major celebrity, I don't think you should be just admitting that in DMs hmm. to people. Yeah. We have to change our game to F Mary kill and eat <laughs> kill slash eat. <laughs> That's a new one because I'm over the F. Mary kills. We've done so many of them. Uh, F. Mary eat. No, like just eat. <laughs> People miss the F. Mary kills. We get comments all the time on different things. Yeah. Mike's done with them. Sorry, folks. I've retired those for a while. The year end show in December will bring them back. Cannibal missionary and let them beat the shit out of you. How about that one? <laughs> you have to eat one. One's going to kick the shit out of you and one you have nice consenting missionary sex with. Interesting. We'll workshop that. All right. But that's off the top of my head. It's a little raw. Might need some refining that game. I'm just free balling here. We'll come up with something. Um, But yeah, so Army Hammer is uh, into that. Allegedly. So I thought that was fitting. Yeah. I wonder if it was like, like if he got really weird with it or something, like just like kept it going in these. Or was he trolling people that, you know, DM'd them? That's the question. You got to be careful with that. I mean, you're. I know. Because then they just get those screenshots and they go out and no one's going to initially think, oh, Army's trolling. They're like, no, look at this fuck. Might be completely out of context. Yeah. That's why I said allegedly. I don't know the story. 
But yeah. So anyways, what do you guys got going on? Eh, not too much. Ian, you were just sent a little gift here. I was. That's pretty I got cool. this Jonestown uh, action figure. Custom made, I think. Yeah, from... Um, well, it just snapped in half, folks. <laughs> oh, well, there's that. <laughs> um, from Remakes Plethora on Instagram. I believe it's Remakes underscore. Oh, fuck. Remakes oh. from Remakes underscore Plethora on Instagram. I didn't want you giving free plugs to whoever Remakes Plethora is. <laughs> Let's kind of throw that underscore in there. And to be clear, we heard that thing fall. Ian did not open that that toy. It's in a sweet <laughs> packaging. I'm sure it will stay that way. It's in the, uh, the original like flavor aid uh, packet is the mm. packaging. So you mean to tell me that this is it's custom made when like I was a little kid, I couldn't go to Toys R Us and buy a cult leader killer <laughs> action figure. You, you could not. Mm. Mm. Um, Maybe that's something we should look into. Like a, should we like change a serial that? killer at like an Ed Gein action figure. <laughs> They have an all Ed kinds Kemper of stuff like action that. figure, but do, but do they? But maybe for two year olds, yeah. not for the adult market. Fun for the whole family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they have some really cool stuff on here. A um, Robert Berdella action figure, <laughs> <laughs> like nipple clamps and wires included, yeah. or whatever the well, guy was up to. Yeah, each one comes with like one like little side toy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they also have a website etsycom slash shop slash remakes plethora. All kind of cool stuff on here. All right. Oh, thank you. It's the it's an awesome gift. Yeah. I didn't know what to expect <laughs> when I opened up the box. But it's could, cool. Could have been anthrax, right? <laughs> could, could have been. Can you imagine? <laughs> what would you have done, Dave, if you would open it and like white powder flew out all over mm. in your studio? <laughs> Shut my, it the fuck down. Shut it down. Be uh, John Taffer over here. <laughs> it's a great question. I don't know what I would do. What would you do if you were sent anthrax? <laughs> no, if you were sent anthrax, but you opened it right here, you know, all over, just floating in the air now. Call the hazmat team, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep recording while hazmat's walking in through here. <laughs> Record it all. Put it out. Test it to see. Make sure it's not cocaine. We can't package it up and resell it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's like baking soda or something like remember when michael scott buys weed from the uh vance refrigeration guys <laughs> fucking caprese salad <laughs> like it's a caprese salad <laughs> <laughs> wasn't there like mozzarella still in the bag yeah, too? Like the tomato <laughs> and shit. uh all right so we got uh this thing going on ian what are, what are we talking about tonight we're gonna get into the cannibal cop uh gilberto valet this one's different from other true crime stuff we've done. Uh, one, there's no victim in this, uh, and there's nothing to really get into with this guy's childhood or anything like that. It's mostly going to be court documents, uh, chat and email logs from Gilberto and three co-conspirators. And then we're as we're going to get into it, I, you know, and I know we'll touch on all the crime stuff. There probably are some victims in this, yes. just not with regards to the things we typically talk about. No one is murdered yet, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which keeps our streak going, right? Going back into July, we've talked about one confirmed murder, and that was Dave Schultz. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The only other murders that there could be, I think, out there that we've discussed would be if you, you know, if you believe Bigfoot and if he killed people, but obviously we don't know. So we have we're on a five week streak of one murder. Yep. Unacceptable. It's got to be some kind of a record. <laughs> We're also going to get into the website he was using, darkfetishnet.com. 
and then kind of get into this debate on what he did and when does a sexual fetish become too much you go over a line or when is it a mental disorder like when, where does it break that and also for the record i believe it's uh quite possible that there'll be a part two of this a future episode detailing actual <laughs> victims i just like to make that known in like as five in, or so years as yeah. in he will do something or we will have discovered I, something i think it's quite possible that he will will in fact at some point in the future act on this act on what we're discussing here Gilberto Valley was born in Queens, New York in 1984 and attended Archbishop Malloy High School. After high school, he went to the University of Maryland, graduating in 2006 with a degree in psychology. Mike, so our Catholic high school taught us it was good to eat the body of certain people. Is it possible he get, might have got mixed signals that led him astray? I agree. Okay. <laughs> Every Sunday, you and I were eating flesh and drinking blood, right? In the literal sense of the word. Mm. Although I'm pretty sure they kayfabed us in fucking grade school and it was grape juice. <laughs> it's like, you're not pulling one on me, sons of bitches. I know this is grape juice. I think back to doing that communion and drinking that wine and sharing the glass with, you know, 500 people right. is one of the most disgusting with, things I've ever with done. With that little perfunctory wipe yeah. that they do of like the yeah. tissue. Like, yeah. motherfucker, you ain't cleaning anything. You wiping a herpes off of the cup there, father? <laughs> is that what you're doing? Did I ever tell you the so disgusting. story of my first communion? It's not a great story, but did, you ever, did I ever tell you guys? I, I don't recall. No. Woke up deathly ill, like flu. I don't know if like, you know, but as a kid, you're like, oh, I just don't feel good. During the entire service, like the church service, I'd have to get up, run to the bathroom four different times to throw up in the middle of the first communion. Uh-huh. Came back and, you know, then you would have like big first communion parties. Everyone came over. There was cake and stuff. Right. I had to lay in bed the entire time. Missed it all. <laughs> Didn't even get the fucking cake. I wonder if the flesh made me sick. Maybe. Maybe it's your body rejecting the, uh, the whole thing. They didn't want you to go through. Can you imagine like all like the old church ladies in there that like, oh, look at all these sweet young, young boys and girls. And like I I eat it and then I'm immediately throwing up. They're like, oh, (laughs) Satan, (laughs) he's projectile vomiting fucking Linda Blair stuff. The priest is like, you know, the body of Christ. (laughs) (laughs) I just puke right on it. It's like the scene from uh, Team America. I'm just puking all over. That's great. So, yeah, I didn't have a pleasant uh, first communion. My body rejected it all, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Rejected the body of Christ, Mike. Uh, not much hope for you, fella. Gilberto joined the New York City Police Department in 2006 and was assigned to the 26th Precinct in Morningside Heights, Manhattan. In 2009, Gilberto met Kathleen Mangan on OKCupid. Did you hear that new anti-vaxxer dating site? No. It's OK Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so intolerant. <laughs> Dave's cutting himself up over here. So stupid. I like when he 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 thinks his own jokes are so damn good. I don't. It's it's Ian laughing is what makes me laugh. Well, it was funny. Wasn't that funny? But it was funny. So Kathleen was new to the area, moving from Spokane, Washington, as a part of Teach for America program to teach elementary in East Harlem. The two of them moved really quick. Uh, They moved in together. They got an apartment uh, and bought a dog in 2010. So a year after meeting on OkCupid, they're they're living together. 
According to Kathleen, everything was fine until she got pregnant. And this would have been the following year, uh, the end of 2011, maybe uh, real early in 2012. When Gilberto found out, Kathleen said that he said, quote, I can't do this. <laughs> Not the reaction you're looking for. <laughs> so no, no gender reveal party. <laughs> for the record, uh, how many fathers out there have said in their mind, I can't do this? <laughs> You, you, you don't, don't vocalize say, it. You don't say that out loud. You go through the motions, but, you know, it's it could be pretty terrifying. Yeah, first time, for sure. I'd imagine. You'd imagine. I'd imagine. She said that he showed little interest in the pregnancy and started to become detached from their relationship. By the time their daughter was born in 2012, it was pretty much like they were roommates. No real relationship at all. This whole roommate situation wasn't Kathleen. It was Gilberto pulling away. The court documents show Kathleen was searching Google for things like, uh, quote, how to make my husband love me. Aw, that's sad. Yeah. But, you know, the documentary Thought Crimes, the HBO one, I thought it was really interesting uh, that journalist that made the uh, point that Google is really just an extension of our thoughts because you just type in whatever you're thinking and when you want to search stuff. Yeah. So if you compiled that. like And look at it as a whole in one single second, yeah, yeah. someone might look crazy, but those searches are over the course of whenever. And then the argument that he brought up that Google knows us better than anybody else does because you just type in your stuff privately on there, you know? It's an interesting... It uh, we, think, well, we pulled Mike's Google searches on that one show, you, and there was all kinds of disturbing <laughs> stuff on there. What was that? I can't remember. I don't know. Sometime. Oh. But I don't they just, remember they, that. There were so many of them. Like, it just kept going on and on. <laughs> well, it makes sense. I mean, think about how many times you Google in a day or, like, just search on your phone or whatever, yeah. and it pops up. I, I never even, I never thought of it that way. But when that guy said that, like, Google probably knows the real you more than anybody else. Do you think that we should just start randomly and anonymously pulling Google search histories and use that as a method to try to get public education reform in this country? (laughs) (laughs) I 100% capital of the United States (laughs) or, you know, where is Canada? What hemisphere am I in? Right. Time zone am I in? Good God, people don't know time zones. Yeah. No, no, they don't. I'm just saying, randomly pick some anonymously, and then let's take a look and talk about where we can do better. Like targeted adult remediation, remedial type classes targeted geographically by whatever search sure. trends or, or or search results are trending. I think we can learn a lot. It's an interesting uh, thing you've stumbled upon here, Mike. It's the platform I'm going to use when I run for office one day. <laughs> I want access to your Google history. <laughs> People are like, fuck this asshole. <laughs> When I when I talk to the mayor about the Bigfoot statue in the in the bring middle up. of town, I'll bring, bring it up and yeah. see what he thinks about it. So while we're on the topic of Bigfoot, uh, we let's Google search histories. We want them. <laughs> let's start with your wife, Mr. Mayor. Let's see what she's up to. She said that whenever they did try to have sex, which was rarely, Gilberto couldn't finish, and he would run to the bathroom. And she does. She doesn't like that. <laughs> Seems like a good thing sometimes. In Kathleen's mind, she's like, what is wrong with me? And eventually throughout this time, Gilberto completely shut her out and was spending all of his time on the Internet. 
Kathleen said he used to be on the computer, quote, until three, four, five in the morning or just not come to sleep in our bed. It was either in late 2011 or early 2012 that Gilberto joined darkfetishnet.com and became a pretty active user using the screen name Girl Meet Hunter. Dark Fetishnet is not unknown to law enforcement. There have been multiple issues with this website and people getting arrested for putting extreme fantasy into realities uh, using the site as a platform. The site is owned and ran by 42-year-old Russian businessman Sergei Marinkov. According to Marinkov, the site has around 57,000 active members and one out of four are women or claim to be women. I kind of wouldn't be surprised if this was like an Ashley Madison situation where they're like bot accounts mm. saying they're women. So I signed up for this site. Ashley Madison? Angie Kota? <laughs> <laughs> Man, remember when that all those hacks broke? People were freaking the fuck out. Was that the site that was like for cheating? Mm-hmm. You mean there aren't tons of like 25 year old hot sluts that want to bang 50 <laughs> year old fat married bald guys? <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> Is that site even still around? Ashley Madison? Yeah. I don't know. Mm. Probably good, not. Good answer. <laughs> yeah. Good answer, Pally. <laughs> I mean, I used to hear it advertised on Howard Stern every day, but. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure if it's still around. They had, Well, they, they, were, they had a ton of leaks, right? It leaked like all the email addresses and names. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah. That remember, because the I read a news article after that dropped, and it said like divorce lawyers. They're, they're cold like, calling the they, list. They were fucking like all booked up with <laughs> cases and stuff. Unbelievable. Uh, so I signed up for this site. Uh, I used my personal email address, which. Looking back on it, I'm like, why the fuck did I didn't I just make a burner? But speaking of OKStupid.com, yeah. sign up for that one too. <laughs> why? Why would you not just make like a random account on Yahoo know. or Gmail and use that? I have no idea. This guy. Literally, your full name is in your email account. It definitely exists. <laughs> I did not protect myself. I would like to welcome all of the new darkfetish.net <laughs> listeners uh, who are now tuning in, thanks to Ian. Uh, we appreciate your downloads. Please don't fucking contact us. <laughs> so when you first go to the website, you get hit with a disclaimer. It says, quote, welcome to the social network where you won't feel yourself like outcast because of your, quote, dark fetish. Why? Because this place is created by people like you for people like you so feel free to look around meet some crazy in a good way people and become a part of our growing adults only 18 plus community well i'm a fan of outcasts so i don't know why they have to get shit on <laughs> that's pretty rude right yeah, like, why are you taking pot shots at them for no reason especially andre 3000 how can yeah. you not love that guy right yeah. i agree big fan so basically how it works is you can't look at anything unless you sign up for an account. So as soon as you sign up, there's a main form that shows new activity. And when new people join, it's public knowledge. Like there's just a whole board of everyone. Things. Please welcome Ian from Necronomapod to <laughs> yeah. our page. Yeah, that's basically what happened. <laughs> Ian lives at 927 Main Street. And <laughs> Ian does not have a ring doorbell attached to his home. <laughs> 
hear him twice a week on the Necronomapod <laughs> from Cool Down Media, available on all podcast platforms. <laughs> so, uh, within a couple hours, because it's like I said, it's right on the front fucking front page. Within a couple hours, I got a friend request from a guy in Germany named Kevin, and uh, he was looking for a male victim. He was, his fetishes included. Uh, included torture and execution. Mm. He was real. In, yeah, I, I still have it open. He's 65 years old or no, sorry, 56 years. Well, old. no, probably not because most people, unlike you, Ian lie on all of this information <laughs> and don't actually put like this guy's in like Toledo, Ohio. And he's like 27. No, it's actually like a hot 25 year old just wants to fuck, but this is her fetish. Just being a 65 year old <laughs> German guy. <laughs> <laughs> works that both too. ways right, either way i think you're getting catfished man <laughs> a lot of his shit is in uh is in german so he really keeps the gimmick up yeah vivisection i don't know what a vivisection is exactly it's just like cutting you open and pulling your organs okay. out isn't it uh, it's i don't know yeah dissecting he, he wants to do castration vivisection <laughs> uh sadistic surgery make that into a snuff film Vivisection, oh, the damn. practice of performing operations on live animals for the purpose of experimentation or scientific research. Mm-hmm. So maybe he wants to kill the live animals part. before. Well, oh, the live well, part. Well, Ian, you're a live animal. <laughs> True. <laughs> so, yeah, this guy sent me a friend request. Mm-hmm. So, Ian, I don't know if you knew this, but he also left you a voicemail message. And <laughs> we, we got a hold of it. <laughs> Did he? I right. everyone would like to listen to it. Hello, Ian. How are you? This is Kevin Vanderpuppe, your new friend from darkfetishnet.com. I live in Germany, land of beer, sausage, and weird pornography. I was wondering if you would be interested in flying over to Germany to meet me? Maybe we could go put on some lederhosen, and go to Oktoberfest, then come back to my dungeon, I mean house, and I could hang you upside down by your disgusting American feet, then peel off your skin as you masturbate and listen to the soothing music of David Hasselhoff. Next, I will chop off your head and fuck your bloody corpse, then eat your penis with some German beer, and some fava beans. Anyway, nice to meet you and hope to hear from you soon. Danke schön. That's nice. He seems like a nice guy. <laughs> Very polite. <laughs> I can't wait to meet him. What is this called in the office? I'm bringing that up again. Guten Pranken. It's good surprises. Good surprises. See that? You got a new pen pal. Go over here. Leader host and then, like, over <laughs> Can Dave and I tag along and just do, you know, go to, uh, with the beer fest? What, what is it called? Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest, that. And then report me as missing. Yeah, right. When well, I end up dead. We'll get, we'll get around to it. <laughs> when our hangovers are gone, of course. <laughs> It'll be like hostile. Kevin will send us a picture of you. Oh, he's fine. It's just his head. They <laughs> post his head. So he's having a great time. So when you click the group section of the website, that's where you get all the fetish groups where you can talk to people and share this stuff. Uh, the categories are asphyxia, bullets and arrows, cannibalism, beheading, knives and swords, crucifixion, Amazon, gay, lesbian, trans, role playing, torture, male victim, other and burning. There's no category for rape on this site because from what I've seen, all these groups largely focus on rape to some degree. That's interesting seems like a universal idea on this website. Crucifixion, I would say that's heavily fetishized by a lot of people in this country. Yeah. Hmm. 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 <laughs> <laughs> the stuff isn't normal BDSM stuff like you could find on Pornhub or whatever. 
There's What's some Pornhub. I've never heard of it. You've never heard of that no. site. <laughs> like there's some of that on there, but most of it is just very violent and graphic. Under the picture section, there's all kind of stuff that people have uploaded um, from porn that you can tell it's staged, like a woman's just playing dead, to poorly photoshopped things like beheadings. I saw this dude making photoshopped things of him beheading people that looked like it was fucking made in, like, shopped in Microsoft Paint. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it was so terrible. He was all dressed up in his thing and had his axe and stuff. Oh my God, these people. And then there is also really graphic stuff that I honestly couldn't tell if it was real or not. Some of it looked really Ugh, I don't real. Need to see that. And there was one there was one girl on there that it was under I think it was on the on, under the other group because it was like a hanging thing, but like news like for real hanging, like not mm. just in this girl had these little clips on there of herself doing it to like get these dudes off. She was really fucking jerking her neck hard. Like she would fall hard. I, it made me oh. really uncomfortable to watch because I'm like, I feel like she's actually gonna kill herself eventually. I don't love this at all. Mm-mm. It's it's very dark. And some of the pictures I saw that I couldn't tell if were real or not. They were not mm. great. The video section is pretty sketchy. When I tried to click on that, it said I didn't have permission to view that part of the site. So who knows what's on there. Kevin didn't give you admin rights yet. Yeah. You got to pay like the premium account for that one. That's not just the free free with your actual email address. So if I got, if I have some guy named Kevin show up at my front door and I end up being killed. You got to tongue Kevin's balls while you put your, your finger in the toaster and turn the water on. Or Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I like it, Ian. <laughs> Pretty brave, man. I don't know. Signing like, up with your with your name. Oh, no. it's that's stupid. That's not brave. Hey, Ian, knock knock. Who's there? The, uh, FBI. You're <laughs> out right now. They're confiscating all your stuff. I, there was a couple things I clicked on that uh, <laughs> that were like taking a long time loading. I'm like, I'm just gonna back. I should have used oh, the man. fucking. Tour. Yeah. So did you have uh, the real question? Uh, did you just leave uh, Kevin on red? Oh, I no. I, I mean, I didn't friend this guy. Absolutely not. <laughs> saying, like, you're ghosting him now. Oh. He's got blue paws over I there in I, Germany because Ian won't respond. I, don't, I didn't know if you sent like a response back like, I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually said I was going to, uh, I was saying like I should catfish this dude a bit. Um I but then I was then I was should. warned that a you shouldn't do that because of uh, you know things like I wasn't using a VPN and then uh, uh-huh. <laughs> and then uh, that it could actually be illegal depending on what I say too yeah as we're going to talk about in this case so. you also well, I mean what if this guy does his own thing and now you're uh, an accomplice or yeah. implicated because of your conversations so I backed out of yeah. that idea it's a good move. <laughs> Fucking Interpol alert goes out. You should probably <laughs> in from Germany. You should probably go ahead and delete that account as quick as possible, too. Kevin ate an entire daycare center yesterday. Now they're looking for his accomplice. Yeah, right. In, in Ohio, Ian. They might subpoena that voicemail we have. 
Oh, then what? I don't know. I might be in trouble. At the end of the voicemail, I wish we would have like dubbed over like Necronomapod. So that now, <laughs> like, at least they're going to hear that as part of it. And that's, you know, get our name out. If Ian's going down, at least the podcast will spread. So in the summer of 2012, Kathleen got on their computer and noticed that Gilberto forgot to log out of his account. The search history was deleted, but she noticed two files at the bottom of the desktop. When she clicked on them, the images didn't load, but there was a URL to darkfetishnet.com. In court, Kathleen said, quote, It was porn and it was disturbing. I mean, I know S&M is kind of popular, like Fifty Shades of Grey, you know, but this seemed different. The girl on the front page was dead, and I could clearly see somebody that's not familiar with things like 4chan or whatever yeah if you just went on that website and you have no clue what you're looking at at all you could easily think the person's really dead sure on the front page of course or any of those pictures to be honest to a civilian who's not skilled in the dark fetish community like yourself (laughs) she doesn't know better (laughs) she needs you and kevin to show her the way Was this you? I know you guys watched the documentary. Was this Kathleen girl in the documentary? Just in like some court footage. Oh, she's a very attractive girl. She didn't participate. Yeah, she doesn't want anything to fucking do with <laughs> No, I mean, yeah, she's in the girl next door for sure. On September 9th, two thousand twelve, Kathleen installed spyware on their computer. The next day, she saw all the websites that. Uh, Gilberto was visiting darkfetishnet.com, girlsinabind.com, and fetlife.com. Girlsinabind.com, is that like a GoFundMe for kind of underprivileged girls who need like money to fix their car or pay their rent? They're like in a bind. I think so. I think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you opened an account on there too. It's true. I did not. I did not visit these. But I saw a picture of fetlife.com. Like I saw what... A picture of what the website looks like, like a screenshot. Okay. Looked pretty similar to Dark Fetish Net. Kind of the same deal. I'm going to be 100% honest. I'm pretty sure I got a few of my paranormal erotica stories from Fat Life. Did you? I think so. But I never created an account. Like, it was just like, like if you Google like paranormal erotica, I think that was one of the ones that came up. Mm. Maybe. I don't don't remember, but. There's lots of, of erotica on these sites, too. Yeah. Tons of stuff. Especially, uh. Vor stuff. You ever heard of Vor before? I don't believe I have. It's being turned on by somebody being eaten, but not eaten like uh, cannibalism, eaten whole. So like the fed, it's a lot of drawings and, and mm. erotica, but like getting off on a snake eating someone whole, that kind of thing. Mm. A lot of erotica okay. about like someone's jaw detaching and being able to swallow Jesus someone whole. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I don't love that. All right. <laughs> Some uh, there's some people out there. I have whatever happened to just straight like penises and assholes, and like you just watch someone get it in the ass and you get off on it and you move on. What happened to like the good old just you know call me old fashioned? They're on doomeandthepooper.com. They're not part of the story. I signed up with that with my legit email address. Also, <laughs> it's doomeandthepooper Mike underscore Namapod. <laughs> little ATM action. Like, come on. Oh, yeah. You got to go to the bank sometimes. Right. <laughs> See? And, and what's crazy is we're the wholesome ones of this whole conversation <laughs> with what we're talking about today. Just some wholesome ATM fun. 
so she saw her name in instant message chats uh, about this. Kathleen said, quote, and I started clicking on them. And all of a sudden I was staring at pictures of me, pictures of my friends, pictures of people we knew. Kathleen entered her name in the search of Gilberto's email. And what she saw was shocking to her. In a court document, she described it saying, quote, I was going to be tied up by my feet and my throat slit and they would have fun watching the blood gush out of me because I was young. And quote, if she cries, don't listen to her. Don't give her mercy. And Gil just said, quote, it's okay. We will just gag her. So that's got to be something, right? So she's reading <laughs> that's something. She's reading, reading about her boyfriend talking about no, her, her husband now. Her, I'm sorry, husband like fetishizing her brutal murder mm-hmm. with strangers. Yeah. But if and, that's and you're th- now on this site. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talking to Kevin. <laughs> but if that's his thing, shouldn't she kind of be happy that he's including her? I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> answer that. At least it's you and not like another woman. Yeah, like right? he's like involving that's... his wife in his fantasies. <laughs> it's hot, baby. What's wrong with you? Uh, why are you so why are you so tight? Uh, she booked a flight immediately to go yep. stay with her parents in Nevada. Yeah, yeah. that sounds about right. <laughs> Days later, she logged into the spyware program again. She found a ton of images being of women being tortured, sexually assaulted. She saw records of Google searches for phrases like, quote, how to kidnap a woman and, quote, human meat recipes. She opened files with pictures of more than 80 women Gilberto downloaded from Facebook or other sources. So all real people here, at least real in the sense of like they exist in his he knows them and right. or they're in his his life. His sphere of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like the friends of friends, yeah. things like that. Mm-hmm. She also read email conversations Gilberto had with three different people in which he discussed the various ways he might kidnap, rape, kill and cook these women. Uh, his wife, Kathleen, was one of them, but there were others. An old friend of hers from work, Gilberto's supervisor at the 26th Precinct a teenage girl who had just graduated from Gilberto's high school and a bunch of Gilberto's college friends. Okay. Wants to eat everyone. He knows so it's just going to hang out with it adds to the case of, you know, if you're looking at this, he's not finding random women or porn stars online and having a fantasy. He's fantasizing or discussing women that he has access to or could easily get to or knows personal information about. And then things like that random girl from his old high school. But again, someone he could easily get in touch with and knows where she might live in that area. Right. Yeah. But doesn't know her personally. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But does including actual real life people, places, whatnot that you know that are actually in your life, doesn't that make the fantasy more real and thus more enjoyable? Yeah, I'm just I'm just saying from a standpoint of like, you know, if you're with the fantasy role yeah, or if you're building a case against him, yeah. these are people he had access to. I get it for the actual fetish or, you know, the kink or whatever. Yeah. OK, sure. That makes it more exciting. It's people, you know, I was just kind of saying from from the standpoint of building a case against this guy. Right. These aren't people he's never, you know. He's not talking about celebrities he wants to snuff or whatever with. I would just say that that probably doesn't seem real and involving your real world, you know, contacts, whatever. It probably makes it more real. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. 
Ask Kevin. Well, yeah, Ian. I mean, <laughs> you got to follow Bob's yeah, show discussing Ian, this Ian, with Kevin. Start a thread on on your dark fetish page. The the differences between using your fantasies for women you know and women you don't. Get back to us. <laughs> yeah, does beheading a famous person or like your mother in law make you come harder? We'd like to <laughs> we'd like to know. Yeah, and share share pictures of your your cum shots or videos <laughs> so that we can see like oh yeah that one was much it was much more intense when it was someone you knew as opposed to someone uh, you know. I mean, would that be the most ridiculous ask on that website? No, I think not. No. <laughs> I think no. not. Sweeten the deal up for them a little bit. Like, I don't know, uh, you know, maybe pick a scab or something and show them a picture of like your bloody hand. <laughs> you know, get them, get them going first. Like, here's my bloody hand. All right. Now that I got you guys, I have your attention. Or cut yourself shaving and just zoom in on just the blood on your skin. You know, I got this wound jerking off Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> Virtually, of course. <laughs> Shortly after 2 p.m. on October 24th, a group of FBI agents staked out Gilberto's apartment. They were worried about a shootout with him since he was a NYPD officer. They ended up luring him out into the hallway by calling his house phone and saying that um, saying that the car he had parked out the car he parked outside had been hit. Gilberto came outside and the second he saw the FBI, he knew exactly what was going on. According to the court stuff, an agent placed his hand on Gilberto's shoulder and said, quote, everything is going to be OK, to, to which Gilberto looked at him and said, quote, I don't think so. He was arrested and charged with conspiracy to commit kidnapping, and the FBI identified three co-conspirators. Gilberto had privately direct messaged 24 people from Dark Fetish Net, and of those 24, three stood out. Those interactions were moved from Dark Fetishnet to a burner email Gilberto was using. And in the FBI's opinion, crossed the line from role-playing online to actively planning to kidnap someone for the purpose to, of torture, rape, murder, and cannibalism. Those three co-conspirators were a car mechanic from southern New Jersey named Michael Van Ice, a British man that Gilberto knew as Moody Blues, who the FBI identified as Dale Bollinger, and someone using the username Ali Khan, who was apparently logging in from Pakistan. The FBI was never able to identify mm. who that person was. But this guy in Pakistan, he's not able to even look at women without a burqa. So baby steps, my man. You sure you want to jump up to eat them? <laughs> Maybe you want to hold their hand or yeah, you know, see see their cheek first. Yeah. I don't know. It's a bit of a jump. I don't know. <laughs> He's diving right in. <laughs> so let's break down and summarize the criminal complaint filed by the FBI. Uh, at first, I was thinking about maybe just reading it, but there was a lot of just legal stuff in there. So just shorten it up. Count one, Gilberto and co-conspirators engaged in a conspiracy to kidnap someone. The overt acts related to count one. On or about July 9th, 2012, Gilberto talked with Moody Blues about kidnapping, cooking, and eating his college friend Kimberly Sauer. On or about July 22nd, 2012, Gilberto traveled to Maryland to visit Kimberly as a catching up visit so she could meet his wife and new baby. Gilberto then told Moody Blues about the trip, which we'll get into that in a bit. Count two. 
Gilberto used the police database to compile information on women that were found on his computer. These were both women he knew personally and women he didn't know personally. And the prosecution, their opinion was that he just found them on Facebook, like friends of friends or like suggested people. I'll be honest. Count two is way more disturbing than count one to me. And count two is for sure that like that there's that's black and white. Yeah, right. Yeah. He did that. Like that's complete misuse. And uh, it's only a misdemeanor charge, too. I think that should be the felony. That's a misdemeanor like mm-hmm. a, mm. for doing for accessing. Yeah. Mm. This is a chat regarding Kimberly Sauer between Gilberto and Moody Blues. That's in the criminal complaint. Mike, do you want to be Moody Blues or Gil? Uh, I'll be Moody. Okay. So this one's from July 9th, 2012. How big is your oven? Big enough to fit one of these girls if I folded their legs. The abduction will have to be flawless. I know all of them. Kimberly, I can just show up at her home unannounced. It will not alert her, and I can knock her out, wait until dark, and kidnap her right out of her home. You really would be better to grab a stranger. The first thing the police force will do is check out a friend. Her family is out of state. I have anesthetic gases. I can make chloroform here. It's really hard to dislocate a jaw. Also, how would we put her over the fire? Spilling kills this spilling kills the girl. Have to put her in a kind of cage. What is your favorite cut of meat? I was thinking of tying her body onto some kind of apparatus, cook her over low heat, keep her alive as long as possible. I love that she's asleep right now, not having the slightest clue of what we have planned. Her days are numbered. I'm glad you're on board. She does look tasty, doesn't she? You do know if we don't waste any of her, there is nearly 75 pounds of food there. Have you got a recipe for chloroform? I found a website a couple of nights ago. Let me see if I can get it again. I felt dirty reading. <laughs> like that's, it's just a ridiculous conversation. Yeah. I don't know. Do you like, are these guys the problem? Like, is, are they, are they, are they masturbating while they're having this conversation? Oh, for sure. 100%. Like they're getting off just on like the planning of it and talking of it. That's what the defense would say. Yeah. So the FBI points out that the computer had multiple searches on how to make chloroform. And on July 17th, 2012, Gilberto sent Moody Blues a link to a website showing how to make chloroform. That's what I don't understand about the fantasy aspect. Why is it that much of a, is it going to get you off that much harder to actually look up chloroform and send it to the person? I think so. I think it just makes it more real, kind of tricking your mind like you're actually planning this. It's way creepy, but (laughs) I don't know that it is evidence of a conspiracy. Oh, I think it doesn't hurt the evidence of a conspiracy, though. But that alone does not. Yeah. But, you know, now you're showing an initiative to to plan something, whether there is more information or not. What's the term, Ian? An overt act related to the conspiracy? Yeah. I don't know. It's once an overt act. The way that Alan Dershowitz said it in the documentary, it's as soon as you just take a inch towards the conspiracy they can put an overt act on you i mean it's definitely the start of creeping towards something is that enough i don't know but that no i mean no i i i know it's not but it's the start of something just based off that chat the thing that just completely rubs me the wrong way about it is he's talking about someone that he knows which again goes back to my point of like it's someone he has access to and could easily do this too. Right. It's not just making up. When I think of fantasy with this, would be like, oh, a her, or you just make up a name if I was doing this. Mm-hmm. 
But then it goes back to what Dave said, where it makes the fantasy more intense if it's real, if it's someone you know. That doesn't bother me as much as the step that the fact they're actually taking steps to learn how to do this. That bothers me. Like if your chlor, if your fantasy is chloroforming girls, I mean, doesn't knowing how to make chloroform kind of trick your mind into making it better? I honestly don't even know if I could wrap my head around. I don't 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 know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I I wouldn't. I wouldn't argue that it doesn't. Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm just trying to think. Like, if my fantasy was chloroforming someone, I think just the thought of me chloroforming them would be the enough. But doesn't. But it's different. Doesn't having the recipe and being able to make chloroform get you one step closer to that? Kind of in your mind. I think it could. I, I understand how I'm making points are going to get me arrested on the show. <laughs> I understand how I think how it could, but this is also still now like it's people they know that he has access to, or that he knows that he has access to, and he's taking at least initial steps mm. to plan something and having a conversation about how it's going to be done. He's 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 slowly building a case against himself, even if it's still the early stages of it. And is that alone enough to put him away? Probably not. What if Stephen King was on this site doing research for a novel and was doing kind of the same sort of thing and using people he knew as a character in his book? Would it be different? Is it all about context? I think so. Well, I think so. And is someone writing a book allowed to do this, but someone who it's their fantasy isn't? Like, how do you how do you draw that line? I think is my main question with all this. If it was a reporter doing research for a story. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, I a hundred percent agree with you. You know, I I'm not saying he's guilty right now with what he's doing. I'm just saying yeah. he's not doing himself any favors, right. like he's building a case right now. He's I mean, it's it is what it is, but there's nothing illegal that's happened yet, right? Like he's just having a chat with someone happens to look up how to make chloroform. All right. Let's right? let's like look at the rest of the evidence, shall we? It's not illegal to to talk about people you know, right? Right. In a in a in a sexualized way, and as far as the criminal complaint is is uh, goes with this stuff we're getting into with that, it's like you said, it's an overt act. So that's what they're lo- like when they say chloroform, and he searched chloroform. That's an overt act pushing him a little closer to actually doing something, and that's all they were look. That's all they're looking for. Right. And by no means am I trying to justify what this guy is doing. You know, like, I know it sounds like, but I'm just trying to look at this from a standpoint of like where a fetish becomes a crime or a mental illness or an addiction or something like that. And the documentary is aptly named thought crimes because I I feel like that's what we're looking at here. But we'll see when we get through the whole evidence, the whole batch of evidence. The next thing the FBI put in the complaint was a document found on Gilberto's computer titled, quote, abducting and cooking Kimberly, a blueprint. This is the one that I have the biggest issue with. This document is available in the court case files, but I didn't feel like there was any reason to like break it down. Everything that was on it, because it has a lot of information about her. But the document had Kimberly's full name, date of birth, place of birth, ethnicity, education, marital status, height and weight, as well as a picture of her. And that was all accurate information. Well, we'll get into that when we uh, get into his defense. Okay. On the next page, it says the following, quote, abducting Kimberly, target date, Sunday, September 2nd, 2012. I will arrive at some point Sunday night at her home to kidnap her. She lives in a quiet suburban neighborhood. Pictures of her house need to be added. Materials needed. Car, 
have it. Chloroform, refer to website for directions. Rope, strongest kind to tie her up securely. Gag, duct tape. Something to put in the trunk to collect any DNA. Tarp slash plastic bags. Separate bag to gather her clothes. Gloves, cheap sneakers. If Richard Ramirez would have followed that last one with the cheap sneakers, he might have got away. I don't love this document. This is to send this one to people is it's uh to the co-conspirators or specifically Moody Blues. It's a little specific. I think the picture of her on it kind of sealed it for me because when I downloaded the court file of it, I'm like, fuck, I'm looking at this woman here. It must completely suck to be her that forever like that picture, you know, was attached to that court filing whenever anyone searches it. Yeah. Right. That's terrible. Yeah, it's uh, it's beyond creepy for sure. Because this one has a date. Like it's taking it so f- close to the edge. My thought with that one, though, too. I mean, and yes, I agree with everything you guys said. I'm gonna sound like a real weirdo for all this, <laughs> but I'm just trying to look at everything. This says September second, right? He was arrested October 24th. So we're almost two months past that date. Nothing happened. Right. So, and there's multiple. Is it times, just fantasy then? Well, there's multiple times throughout the chats that dates are given and and, passed. and nothing, so nothing happens. happens. Okay, several times, which obviously is good. We didn't want her to be abducted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to look at this from all angles. I hope people aren't getting like fucking pissed or weird at me. The next part is referring to Alicia Friska, the friend of Gilberto's wife, Kathleen, who teaches school at where she used to work. So literally like no fucking connection to her at all, really. The FBI points out that on February 28th, 2012, Gilberto and co-conspirator Van Heiss settled on a price for Gilberto to kidnap Alicia. The following is their chat logs that the FBI quoted. You want me to beat what am I, am I Van Heiss again? Okay. And also about the price, would you do a payment plan or full up front? Full payment, do it delivery. Just so that you know, she may be knocked out when I get her to you. I don't know how long the solvent I am using will last, but I have to knock her out to get her out of her apartment safely. I definitely want her. And how much again? I'm sorry to ask, but I don't remember. $5,000 and she's all yours. Could we do four? I am putting my neck on the line here. If something goes wrong somehow, I am in deep shit. $5,000 and you need to make sure she is not found. She will definitely make the news. It is going to be so hard to restrain myself when I knock her out but I am aspiring to be a professional kidnapper, and that's business. But I will really get off on knocking her out, tying up her hands and bare feet and gagging her. Then she will be stuffed into a large piece of luggage and wheeled out to my van. Just make sure she doesn't die before I get her. No need to worry. She will be alive. It's a short drive to you. I think I would rather not get involved in the rape. You paid for her. She's all yours, and I don't want to be tempted the next time I abduct a girl. I understand. Also, is there anything I can trade that might knock down that price a bit? No, nothing at all. Like I said, this is very risky and will ruin my life if I am caught. I really need the money, and I can't take under 5000 for Alicia. This is absolutely ridiculous, this conversation. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> it's just it's, a couple of jerk-off incels back and forth, you know, daydream, fantasizing about they're going to get up the nerf to talk to a girl and kidnap her. But you say that, but you don't know. You don't know that. I don't know. You don't know it. I mean, it's a very creepy conversation and maybe it is just incels talking about it, but they're, they're planning, they're, they're talking about doing something. 
That's where this hinges on, just what constitutes yeah. planning and what constitutes a conspiracy. I don't know. Well, and I think what we'll get to in a bit here with Ian really, for me, kind of helps me make up my mind. I think the FBI is getting really thrown off by the money. You know, as soon as money's talked about, usually that's when the FBI says go. You know, Randy Weaver with the guns as soon as money was exchanged. Okay. I, I think maybe. But Randy Weaver was actually doing something, right? Like they, <clears throat> that he was caught doing something. Right. But this was just a chat that then money was talked about. Yeah, I feel like anytime money is being talked about or dealt with or a price is confirmed. Because yeah. it shows a little more uh, intent. Yeah, you're moving it forward even more. In I my get, mind. I get that point. Sure. On March 1st, 2012, the FBI pulled cell phone pings that put Gilberto on the block that Alicia's apartment building was on. The FBI interviewed Alicia and she said that she never invited Gilberto over and she did not know him very well. Well, <laughs> is that pinging in the exact science? And we're, and we're talking about New York City here, you know, he wasn't. I don't put a lot of stock in this necessarily. One. On her block because he knew where she lived. Or I'm sure he did know where she lived, but you know, I don't know. Did he know where she lived? I'm not, we, sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, I just don't know how what a valid piece of evidence that is. But you know, added in with the other pieces Again, of evidence, yeah, it there's forms a, lot a picture. Of, uh, there and, is and a I get ton that. Ton of creepy stuff in all of this, and this is terrifying. If you are any of these women, absolutely, I 100 percent get that. Everything we just talked about. That's the the criminal complaint to arrest him. So that's what they compiled. I don't know that that constitutes a conspiracy, in my opinion. In chats happening about the same time as these ones, but with Ali Khan, that guy from Pakistan that they couldn't figure out who it was, really. Gilberto suggested taking his wife, Kathleen, on a trip to India, where the two of them would kill her and eat her for dinner. They also discuss killing Andrea Noble, one of Gilberto's college friends. Gilberto wrote, quote, it's personal with Andrea. She will absolutely suffer. He sounds better because she turned him down in college. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly. What, yeah. <laughs> Smart. Sorry, you got a Creep. small fucking dangle, pally. Andrea and into you. <laughs> in further chats with Moody Blues, they discussed ways that Gilberto might kidnap another woman, Kristen Ponticelli. Uh, a recent graduate of Gilberto's old high school who he never personally met. That's super creepy. Yeah. Some high school girl from your alma mater that you don't even know. Or a recent graduate, no longer high school. Well, you found her on Facebook or something. I, it's creepy. Super creepy. You got you to gotta make your accounts private, people. But you he, can't just he have... no, she, he looked her up with the police database. He all, Oh, that's he, true. He went, he, he went needed, further. Yeah. yeah. All he needed was her name. Mm-hmm. Still, make your social media accounts private, people. <laughs> the next day, they moved on to Andrea Noble. Gilberto wrote, quote, If Andrea lived near me, she would have been gone by now. Even if I get caught, she would be worth it. <laughs> he's, really, he's really not thrilled with Andrea. No, not at all. The problem in this case for the FBI and prosecution, there was no physical evidence from Gilberto's home suggesting he was getting ready to kidnap or cook anyone. There was no oven big enough for a person and no homemade chloroform. The prosecutors had no proof that Gilbert knew the identities of the three people he was chatting with. Also, Gilberto never said the last names of any of the people whose photos he shared 
and never gave out their addresses, even after Moody Blue specifically asked for one. And he switched up the details about their life stories and college educations. One of the facts that the defense pointed out was that his profile said it was all fantasy. And there's a few times in the chat that Moody Blues would ask Gilberto if he was for real or not. And Gilbert and Gilberto said, no, it's fantasy. There you go. Case closed. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, but, you know, when you're cranking and talking about eating chicks, having to overtly state this is fantasy every time, probably it's a boner killer. No. I mean, it could be looked at as what covering your ass, or it could be looked at as no. I just want you to make be sure this is fantasy. Yeah, you can see it both ways. Mm-hmm. Well, I can. I've never masturbated, but it's oh. been well documented. <laughs> I'm knee deep in a river of pussy every day. So. But I would imagine river. if I was so desperate as to have to ejaculate myself, you know, who knows where the mind would go. But I watch pro wrestling and NASCAR. Clearly, I don't masturbate. <laughs> Or need to masturbate. <laughs> As trial was getting ready to start on December 31st, 2012, forensic psychiatrist Park Dietz interviewed Gilberto. Park Dietz is kind of the who's who of forensic psychiatry. He's interviewed, I mean, like almost all well-known murders. There was a list that was like, here's the notable people he hasn't interviewed. And it was like, you know, somewhere between five or seven people. Dietz interviewed Gilberto for 18 hours that lasted for three days. When Dietz first read the emails, he said, quote, from the chats and emails, there was no way to tell. Chats and emails allow for multiple inferences. Taken at their worst, they would be very alarming. Yeah, I, I would agree. <laughs> sure. That's putting it mildly. <laughs> then regarding Gilberto after the interviews, Dietz said, quote, I understand how the evidence could be construed in that way. I see him as many, many steps removed from the kind of person that might start to take action. To become a sex criminal, acting on your paraphilia, you need more than your paraphilia. All the past actions and aggressive actions that, and character flaws that show us that he's a one in a thousand monster and I couldn't find them. They used to call Mike paraphilia in college because he would always say, if you got a pair, I'll feel you. It's true. With consent, of course. Of course. With consent. Obviously. Not just running around, just honking everything I see. Gilberto faced a maximum of life in prison for the conspiracy charge and a maximum of five years for accessing the Federal National Crime Information Center database without authorization. Only five years max for using your job to just invade anybody's personal life, personal information, details, and then using that to possibly share with people on Ian's website. (laughs) (laughs) That is such a just breach of trust. It, and I mean, you should be summarily disqualified from ever holding any sort of position of you know, law enforcement or anything like that. If you ever do that, should you have your dangle and balls cut off? No, I do not believe that is an appropriate punishment. No prison time, but castration, <laughs> castration. I don't, I don't think the punishment fits, fits the crime. Okay. Like you're suggesting it does. Just wondering, not. what about fingertips cut off? Can't type anymore. Hmm. Could just go to voice dictation. Tongue cut out too. So you, th- you think fingertips and con- tongue yeah, cut, cut your out? Tongue out. 
Okay. Then you just be like Larry Flint in heaven. So you're saying that cutting off a tongue fits the crime, but not the dangle. No, neither of them. That's okay. barbaric. Okay. It's not the kind of country we live mm. in. Yeah. Says the guy who supports capital punishment. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Kimberly Sullivan? <laughs> you almost sound like you're Larry Flint doing an impression of Arnold Schwarzenegger. I, I caught that at the end. <laughs> That's the new best one. Larry Flint doing Arnold Schwarzenegger. And it's just nothing but... <laughs> just Dave, like, tonguing the inside of his mouth and gurgling. So as far as how the trial went, it's what you would think it would be. The state relied on the chats and the real-life moves Gilberto made, and the defense kept saying it was fantasy and pointing out the times that Gilberto said it wasn't for real. The jury returned a verdict of guilty on all charges in March of 2013. Later on, one of the jurors said, quote, We did what we did in good conscience. Clearly, we believed his fantasy was going to step into reality. I think like an addict needs a larger and larger dose. He was needing things that were more and more real, and he was progressing. He was bringing it into real life. All right. Time the fuck out. Mm-hmm. This is why we always say, uh, get that bench trial. This is the perfect example of why you would take a bench trial over a jury trial. I'm this very I'm, scenario. I'm going to make this generic and not even talk about this specific case. This jurist said nothing about what he was actually being charged with at that moment and no. stated we convicted him because he might commit a crime in the future. A hundred percent. She said that. I got a big problem with that one. And again, I know it looks like I'm defending this guy this whole episode. I'm really not. But this 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 pisses me off almost as much as anything else that we've <laughs> read tonight. That's why like, you can't ever take a jury trial. That guy, This guy's a fucking creeper. I get that. But this statement is ridiculous. People don't know how to separate their feelings from the law. And they go into these things and they don't understand. And they don't like this guy. Obviously, women on a jury are not. And this is the same woman from the documentary, right? This quote. I believe so. Okay. I, I think you're going to find a lot of women that are, are going to have a hard time being impartial to a, a guy whose fetish is eating women, you know? And but posting have, yeah. in pictures yeah. and names. Yeah, I get The guy's that. a piece of garbage, but you still, that, that's, you know, he's not being charged with being a piece of garbage. And you have to look at it objectively. You You're supposed to be looking at, did he commit a crime right. here or not? Not that I'm, not, I think he's he going, going to commit absolutely. a crime. Like, that's that is just so fucked up. Awful. There's how many people are in prison because of juries like this? He might commit a crime. Yep. Or I oh I don't like the way he looks. I he he might do something in the Absolutely. future. Absolutely. Well, that's like Alan Dershowitz talking about this case. Like, yeah, he's a piece of shit person. We've talked about that in Epstein. But he's a really good defense lawyer. And he said he when he has the jury he asked them, like, I can't remember the word. He, he said, if somebody was probably guilty, would you convict them? Yeah. And they said, yes. He said, you're going to get rid of this yeah. person because that's not how it works. Yeah. You, it's not pro it's beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah. Like, probably, probably guilty is not guilty. And like the way he laid it out was like all the evidence is there that they probably did it. Yeah. You're like, if yeah, you're a nope, jurist, you're if yep. you're selected for a jury, Dave, should you be mandated before the trial starts to watch 12 Angry Men? I think you should. 
I think you should. I have no problem with that, I guess. It's great. I think it's a perfect example of mm-hmm. how juries work and, and how juries should work. The one yeah. dude misses a whole baseball game because of it, Dave. <laughs> Have you seen 12 Angry Men? When was that made? That was old. It's black There's and white. There's a remake. There's the original. Oh, I haven't seen the in remake. In the 50s, I think. And I think I believe 50s. there was a remake. I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember one. Did you see the remake? And do you remember liking it? Or I love I the don't original. remember. I remember the original. Love the original. Look, you see the people you meet out in the world every day. You think they're smart enough to be on a jury? I believe we covered this earlier. <laughs> Maybe you should have your Google search history looked at before you're on a jury. Maybe uh, you should. First thing that pops up, what is a jury? <laughs> Yeah, you're you're off. You're off. Out. I have a real problem with this. That that statement is really bad. Just the whole the whole issue, the whole thing of a jury is would make me do a bench trial. The fact that there's these interviews and there's these strategies on which jurors you want Absol- to win. It's just not fair at all. I'm like, absolutely not. That's like it's a you know. Look, I mean, you might get a bad judge too, but yeah, I don't know. You take your chances with the judge over the jerk. I mean, the judge got, at least did something to get someplace, you know, yeah. literally everybody gets, you know, a, a, a jury summons. But I mean, but then you read stories of judges who have friends and getting kickbacks from private prison officials. So they're, you know, sentencing people to this prison for a monetary Well, games. Dave, I mean, we're not here to let you pontificate about all the flaws in the justice system. Modern Same. day slavery. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but that one, and again, I almost feel like we're coming off as like his defense attorneys here. This guy did a lot of bad stuff. I just don't like this comment. You're supposed to be looking at what he is actually charged with and the evidence provided. Did he break the law? And they're saying, well, we found him guilty because we think he might. Yeah. That's not okay. It's not at all. Judge Paul G. Gardafi of Federal District Court overturned Gilberto's conviction on the conspiracy charge in June of 2014, saying that evidence supported his conclusion that Gilberto was only doing, quote, fantasy role play. The lesser conviction regarding him accessing the police database was still standing, but Gilberto was sentenced to time served and he was released. See, judge would have found you not guilty to begin with. He did sit in. Jail for 21 months, though. I was going to ask how much lockup till this judge made the ruling. Wow. It was a long time. Almost two years. I read that, you know, you would think that, you know, you always hear that police officers are targeted immediately. Mm. I read that they, like, oddly accepted him and no one fucked with him and they mm. kind of just left him alone. It's interesting. Yeah. Maybe he wrote like fan fiction for them or something. <laughs> Passed their time in there. Like stories about them eating right. the guards and stuff. Or they're like, oh, you're girl meat hunter. <laughs> Hell yeah. Nice. Pleasure to meet you. We've been chatting with you for years. <laughs> Bro, you never delivered Kimberly. You're supposed to. <laughs> right. The government appealed the dismissal of the conspiracy charge to the Second Circuit. Uh, the United States Courts of Appeals of, for the Second Circuit ruled on December 3rd, 2015, regarding two questions on the appeal. Quote, the government appeals from the district court's judgment of acquittal on the conspiracy count and Valet separately appeals from the judgment of conviction on the CFAA count. Because we agree that there was insufficient evidence to the existence of genuine agreement to kidnap and of Valet's specific intent to commit a kidnapping, we affirm the district court's judgment of acquittal on the conspiracy count. 
because we find that the district court's construction of the CFAA violates the rule of lenity, we reverse the judgment of conviction on the CFAA count. Boom. I'm free. Yeah. I think the second one's interesting because it's the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. Act. I think they act. just act. The act. They just essentially said that law is meant to be an anti-hacking law and, and violating a system, you know, breaching a system that you have access to isn't covered under this law. Like it's just abuse of NYPD policy, not a federal crime, not a federal crime under the CFAA. Well, if, Which he, is interesting. if he wasn't actually giving out the information, though, then so he was just, you know, using it for his own personal research. Right. So it's not like he was actually. Yeah. Getting it and distributing it to people. They just took a narrow scope of what that law means and abusing work computers not covered under it, I believe is how I read it. But they they were able to pull his searches and it wasn't like he was just searching random people. They were targeted searches. But they weren't they prior to when he started doing this? Like there was a bit of a disconnect between the searches and the actual. That's what the documentary said. Yeah. But the FBI's criminal complaint says that he did those searches mm. On, I think it was May 31st, 2012 is when they're saying that he did the searches. So during. Yeah. Okay. So who's telling the truth? The documentary, the FBI? I don't know, but. We're telling the truth here tonight. (laughs) Well, we're truth tellers. We always do that. (laughs) Right. Australia doesn't exist. (laughs) Scientology is bullshit. The clit is a myth going back thousands and thousands of years. Exactly. And Dave's happy that that one fucking lady from a couple weeks ago on Ariel Castro is dead. The, uh, Sylvia Brown. Sylvia Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Get them all fired up again. What a pig. Imagine bringing a, a, a listening girl's mother on a show and telling her you're dead because you're playing the odds because most cases she is going to be dead. Imagine doing that. What a piece of filth. Ugh. I wonder how much money Sylvia Brown made. Yeah. I wonder. She didn't get a dime from us. I can say that, right? No, she didn't. I'm not joining her OnlyFans. <laughs> well, I believe she has passed away before OnlyFans existed. Good. Right? Even better. When are we going to start our OnlyFans? And there's money to be made. I'll show an elbow for money. <laughs> what do you want to see? I mean, there's money to be made on there. I don't know if it's there's a lot of you. There's there's a lot of girls signing up for OnlyFans to see guys like with just like hairy dad bods. No, (laughs) I do not think that. No, Hmm. that's like the guys on the Catcher Predator. Like you were saying, they think these girls are gonna want to. Yeah, but we're not gonna we're not gonna be fucking illegal about (laughs) it. We'll just set up an OnlyFans, and if you want to sign up, sign up. You know. You get a, you know, you might get a like a, a shirtless picture of Dave mowing his lawn, you know, sweaty and hungover. Take it or leave it. It's up to you. I don't mow my own lawn. What are you talking about? It's true. Well, excuse me. You fucking nuts. It's hot out there. Get a picture of you know Ian picking weeds or something, or strolling out at like three thirty in the afternoon in a, in a hoodie and sweats to go get his mail. Uh, from yesterday because he hasn't been out in two days. That's very accurate. <laughs> so this is the only fans they want. You want a picture of all my uh, my uh, Chuck Taylors that I have. I have a whole you know array of colors. I'll start to show you a picture of those feet pics, if you will. Except my feet will be covered and they'll be in the shoes. Pay for that. Hmm. Money to be made. We're just leaving it out there. <laughs> How much are you selling these for? 
Well, I think they have tiers on OnlyFans, don't they? I think so. You tell us. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not a subscriber. Casey Anthony hasn't started one yet. Uh, I don't know. Ten bucks a month, and we'll post at least a photo a week. Let us know your thoughts. It's ridiculous. You will see no nudity. So he's home free then. He's out of jail. He's right. he's gone. A judge agreed with you know his argument here. Uh, but let's just wrap up with his co-conspirators uh like we said that ali khan guy they think he was logging on from pakistan that wasn't even confirmed in the mm. complaint they they i don't think they really know anything about who that was yeah because he used a tor browser and he's not a dumbass like these <laughs> other clowns uh dale bollinger a.k.a. Moody Blues, was convicted in 2014 in an unrelated plot to rape, decapitate, and eat a 14-year-old girl. Oh, boy. So what he was doing was at least for real enough to someone in the, the court system in the U.K. to convict him. Michael Van Heis was sentenced to seven years in federal prison for his role in chats unrelated to Gilberto's case. At pretty much the same time as Michael Van Heis was chatting with Gilberto, he was also chatting with Stuyvesant High School librarian Christopher Ash in Trenton, New Jersey. These two met in person and drove around discussing where they could dump bodies. He also asked another person on the line for help in killing his sister-in-law and, and her kids, ranging in nine to one years old, with him saying that he wanted to hang and rape the nine-year-old. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's not a good one. I mean, it's good that some of these people are no longer in society, at least temporarily. So then that raises the question of all these chats and these guys are, you know, all have been convicted and other things separate. All the people he was talking to have been convicted. Mm -hmm. Was Gilbert one of these guys that was for real? I mean, dates passed that he had set up that he didn't do anything. And just a description like this oven that he didn't have. And he described having this place to hang and torture him in the in the basement, which he didn't have. He lived in a building and it was a community laundry room. Right. Like none of the stuff he described was actually possible. And at times he talked about taking them to like a house or a cabin in the mountains or something. But he had no access to mm -hmm. anything like that. In my opinion, I think Gilberto was deeply entrenched in a fantasy. I agree. I don't think there's any evidence here to suggest a conspiracy. And I, I feel awful for the women that he, you know, exposed online and posted their pictures and maybe there was wrong information, but even if you're giving a picture and a first name, that's enough in this day and age to find somebody. But is it a but, crime? But, it's and, not but a crime. But it's not though. illegal. Right. But you're putting them in jeopardy. And if something were to have happened to them, then maybe you're talking about something different. Mm-hmm. I think he's, you know, a scumbag and, and, you know, has some issues to work out. And I feel awful for the women. It's my opinion that I think he just got a little too involved in his fantasy and probably was an, an addict, uh, you know, which I think is a mental illness. So I, uh, I, I think I agree with you. I think he's a super creep for sure. And his wife was right to fucking fly across the country and get the hell out of there. Yeah, good at, for her. At minimum. That's divorce grounds for yeah. divorce. Like, <laughs> and to, uh, to this uh, day, <laughs> like he has no visitation rights with his daughter. She fought him on it. She didn't want him anywhere near her. She's just like, you know, he might fucking kill our kid. Yeah. So he, she cut him off with the kid. And I'm sure all of his friends that, you know, he involved in this nonsense cut him off too. 
But is it a crime? I, I don't think so. And I, and I know a lot of people are going to disagree and I, I get your argument and I understand that, but I just, I don't think this rises to a federal conviction on conspiracy to kidnap someone. I don't see the evidence for that. I don't think that he should have been convicted. I don't think there was enough evidence to put him away for life, but I disagree with you guys and that it was fantasy. I think that he was on the path to do something for real. I don't know that I disagree with that. I think that steps he had taken to that point did not constitute a conspiracy and was just fantasy. But I, this guy is a weirdo and I fully believe he's probably capable and actually would like to go through with this. Yeah, I agree. Cause like we, or at least he's an addict. Addicts are going to be doing more and more and more. And this is kind of like what the jurist said, although he didn't do anything wrong at that point, he probably was going to do something at some point, but in this situation, it was a fantasy for him, and he probably was addicted to, I don't know, either the masturbation or the sexual fantasy of of cannibalism, and that's what got him into the mess. But I, yeah. he probably was going to do something at some point. Like I tend to think that he just got really fucking lucky that he tiptoed the line as close as he did and didn't make a a really concrete step over yet like if he had surveillance photos of any of those locations like i think that constitutes a conspiracy yeah like a little bit farther absolutely just not even a fucking inch like he was Mm -hmm. right on that line or if he had video of one of the girl anything yeah any sort of physical evidence like that yeah i don't know man it was close i mean it was close i just i I don't know. If I wake up tomorrow morning, though, and I read the news that this guy, you know, they found he ate a couple people, I won't be shocked in the least. No. <laughs> Not at all. Because, you, I mean, you really, like, we just focused on the chats that were in the the criminal complaint and then kind of wrapped up the other ones real quick. But they're, they're fucking crazy. Oh, there's pages and pages yeah. and pages of chats. And, yeah, super creepy. And then that got me wondering on the rest of the people on dark fetish net because i started i'm like when your peers so to speak yes (laughs) i'm like when does this when does a a fetish become an issue Mm -hmm. when does it become some form of a mental illness and a problem so i was looking at that and i looked at the dsm-5 the dsm-5 it stands for the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Health Disorders. So it's the fifth edition. It was updated not too, too long ago. So my understanding is that anything that you're attracted to or have a fetish for outside of just what you would consider, I guess, standard normal sex, missionary, you're just attracted to a woman, attracted to a man, would be a paraphilia. So if you're attracted anything outside of that, is anything other than mission, missionaries of paraphilia, well, I'm just saying like, like, like if you're into feet, okay. Paraphilia, you're into shoes, paraphilia, tattoos, paraphilia. Uh, I don't know if that would be considered. Why? It's I'm not a missionary. I'm not a mental health professional. <laughs> I don't understand the DSM five. Okay. I do like completely. Yeah, but I'm just saying like anything. Yeah. Anything outside of. The Bible, the biblical sense of sex. So, well, unless you're God impregnating Mary. Well, that's true. The Bible, but even people that are like is (laughs) people that are into uh, like just inanimate objects that they get turned on by Mm. something random. That's a paraphilia, like a flashlight. 
<laughs> well, <laughs> I'm talking more like you, like like a remote control. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Like remember if that, that got you off, you'd be. That's a paraphilia. Right. Remember that show with the inanimate objects where the guy like loved his car and he used to fuck his car. Oh, that? that sounds my, familiar. My my strange addiction is that what uh, it was? Yeah. I remember that, but it wasn't all about sex though, right? Like there was like someone who was like into like drinking like laundry detergent or something. Oh yeah, but it wasn't all sex. That's right. It wasn't yeah. all sexualized. Okay. Maybe that one was, but yeah, yeah, like it was just weird shit they did. Yeah, like the guy married his car and would have sex with it. That, well, yeah. It's got a gas tank. Holes is holes. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so all that stuff would be considered a paraphilia. They never put the word disorder with paraphilia until the fifth edition. Hmm. So now it's considered, and this is a gray area for, I saw arguments when I was looking at this articles by psychiatrists that are like, absolutely not Okay, because BDSM is a really standard thing. You can find it right. in, it's yeah. con, if, as long as it's consensual between people so according to the latest DSM, BDSM and foot fetishes are a disorder. Well, BDSM is where it gets into that gray area. But like you said earlier, a foot fetish would be was considered a paraphilia. A paraphilia. So a foot fetish is considered a disorder. It's no. So it's always been considered a paraphilia. In this recent edition, they added the word disorder to some of them based on if it disrupts your life. Or disrupt someone else's life. And by to some of them, you mean to some paraphilias. Right. So so does it break down each one? Or Well, n- I, I don't know. That would be interesting. to Like, I would like to know what sexual fetishes are considered now disorders. I think any of them, if it causes you to have issues in life. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Or if it causes someone else's someone else an issue. Like, so it's not individually stating this is a disorder. This is no. But no. if that if that sexual fetish or addiction, because I still think addiction is a huge part of this, starts affecting your life, then it's a disorder. Right. Makes sense. So like Jerry Brudos, remember he stole shoes all the time from women. Yeah. That's a disorder at that. According to the newest edition, that's a disorder at that point because he's right. affecting their lives by doing that. Well, it can be and like a drug life. or alcohol addiction, right? Like, you know, when when the alcohol starts affecting your day to day life, then it becomes an issue, it becomes a disorder. It's alcoholism. Sure is, Mike. Sure is. In mm. sadistic, like sexually sadistic, that has, from my understanding, always been a disorder. That's there's no consent involved there. You genuinely want to hurt somebody, and I. I don't know that like this whole art, this whole discussion of thought crime and and stuff. It really had me wondering about people on dark fetish net. Some of that stuff. I'm like, we don't know they're going to act on it, but something's there. There's something there. I mean, but then you're moving into, you know, minority report, thought crime, persecution. It's a a slippery slope that it's just not a tenable thing to do. It's just not that kind of country at this point. How do you lock up people for what they, you know, get off on and what they might do in the future? I don't know. Yeah, right. I don't think it's possible. Well, you can't. You can't do it. And that, that's as long thing. as what they're getting off on is not affecting other people or committing yeah, a crime. Of course. And that's the thing I was confused. I was confused with a little bit with the DSM five was, do you actually have to do that for it to be considered a disorder? Like, do you have to act out on or is it just simply being sexually aroused? 
two pictures of something like that. I think if well, it takes up your day and affects your life, then that's probably like like Gilberto here. Yeah. He was up all night long. It was it was literally affecting it. It's ruined his marriage. It got him in legal trouble. That is affecting his life. If he's just looking at pictures and having a quick chat and then getting off and going to sleep and having a normal life, maybe not so much. This was literally affecting his life and, and you know, getting in the way of him being a productive member of society. Like in my per in my just my personal views, I feel like it's all a major issue. That whole website is just extremely problematic. Just the the, the fact that they need that to get off and like or that that turns yeah. them on. Yeah, I mean you can't arrest people for their you know their thoughts, but like every other fetish, I can look at it even though I'm not into it and be like, all right, you know, mm. I get it. But when you start to get into cutting someone's head off but what's the difference between that and someone that likes horror movies and or writes horror fan fiction or like what's the difference yeah i see that point yeah (laughs) it's such a weird does getting a boner is that like the deciding factor on when it crosses a line you mean you guys don't jerk off the movie martyrs (laughs) (laughs) i certainly do i have yet yet to do that (laughs) i just see those girls are quite attractive I guess maybe part of part of it, too, was like the shock of being able to see the conversations on mm-hmm. Dark Fetish Net because, you know, they're pretty graphic and violent things people are saying on there. And yeah, I don't know what the right answer is. Yeah. Here. I'm just, I mean, clearly, I mean, people like dark stuff. I mean, that's why horror movies are so popular. If your go to masturbation is decapitation, there's, you know, that's different. But I, I, I don't know if you're just, you know. Having little innocent, not innocent, you know, just chats with people about it or looking at pictures of it and you get yourself off. I don't know. I mean, it is what it is, I guess. I will say that I 100 percent believe that. And, you know, someone who jerks off watching that kind of stuff is 100 times more likely to actually do it than just a horror fan who likes horror movies. You know, I think there's a lot to do with context here. And someone who gets sexually aroused by that is way more likely to actually do it <laughs> yeah. yeah i agree like well, i'm not gonna be murdering people because i like horror movies and i like yeah. some depraved fucking horror movies but, but everyone likes horror movies and you go into them watching it for entertainment you're not going right. into it for sexual i mean when it's you're talking about sexual gratification that's different feelings than just watching a movie and thinking oh this is good entertaining yes it's it's a different feeling i think you're already partly down that road to doing things you shouldn't be doing if that's what sexually excites you but you should still not be put in jail for that no no I, you, no absolutely not yet yet there's no pre-crime no. lockup it just you can't what, be that way what the fbi needed here was chris hansen from dateline nbc and perverted justice to step in <laughs> perverted justice, like they do with to catch a predator and i know people say that you know that wasn't as right as it should be or uh, but there's a lot of entrapment going on there. I think sometimes I don't know. Maybe so. I don't know exactly how those conversations go. If the pervert reaches out to you first and all, I don't think that is entrapment at that point, but maybe they should have tried to get Gilberto into a situation more and egged him on and see where it went. Cause I know they have a ton of conversations with child predators online and, but they don't go after the ones that don't show up to the house. I think that was suggested on the documentary by someone, actually, that that's exactly what they should have done. And if it's just left to being online, then it's a fantasy. 
But if you know, once you mm-hmm. start showing up to the house or sending pictures and or, you know, and I, I'm not even sure what the pictures, but when you show yeah. up to the house now, there's that more intent and there's something to that. Mm-hmm. And the government just focused on the Google searches. I, I feel like the big one, it might not even be. I mean, I have a big problem with the the blueprint thing with her picture on it and that stuff. But I feel like. But there was false information on it. Right. But I feel like that searching the police database takes it into, I would say, over that line. When you're ser- when you're talking about those women online and murdering them and you raping think- them, and then you're searching their same names in the police database, that is where it gets. But then he wasn't using those names in the, the blueprint, correct? Well, the one girl, yeah, he knew her in college. He looked her up online to, or on the. But he wasn't providing anybody else with that information, just himself. He wasn't, he wasn't looking her up, finding her, her specific details and then saying, here she is. He was just using it to look her up. Right. Yep. Like we said, he jumbled information. The police database thing is a big problem for me. Yeah. Like that's the bigger than the other thing. But that's the part of it that. It, because it wasn't like he was just sitting there bored, like, I'm going to fucking look up so-and-so I went to high school with. He was looking up the women that he talked about with these people online. Yeah. And I think that one. That's the biggest made. crime he committed. And that's a major issue. To, and that's why I can see where the government's like, there's your biggest overt act mm-hmm. to put in the in the criminal complaint. I was just trying to clarify as to whether or not he then used that information to provide his co-conspirators with that. Because then that would, you know, show more intent. Yeah. I believe he kept the the height and weight the same, things like that. But like in his mind, more identifying factors, like where they actually went to college and stuff. He and a last name up. and stuff. And, right. He yeah. never provided a last name. I tend to agree that the sting operation maybe should have been in order here. Because the FBI loves to, to entrap people. They do it all the time. So why couldn't they? Randy Weaver. Yeah, or just terrorists, you know, that like just some of these fringe guys are on, you know, internet sites, whatever, and the FBI gets informants and they approach the person and they plant the idea and they make the connections and they buy the materials and they set everything up. And as soon as the person steps out of the house, they're arrested for the same conspiracy charge. But more than likely, if the FBI would have never approached this person, they never would have done anything. Yeah. So it was essentially the FBI's idea the whole time there was to no, coerce them into that's this. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying maybe they should have seen how far this guy would have went. I'm not even saying entrap him and set it all up. I'm just saying they, they do this a lot. Like they, they could have. Sure. Yeah. They could have done something more to, you know, because they were just going on what ifs for this. Why not? I mean, because dates came and passed when he was supposed to be abducting these women and he didn't do it. Correct. So, yeah, I mean, it, so you can't read the guy's mind. I think that's like the biggest argument right. with all of it. Because Maybe it he was just trying to enhance his orgasm by putting a date on it. Yeah. And again, it's still weird <clears throat> and creepy. And this guy is is not a good human being. So let's and, add a little. Sorry, go ahead. Well, and these women are going to be victims for the rest of their lives now. There's their pictures have been posted on whatever these sites are and they've been used to get off by everybody. And who knows who else is going to find their pictures? I I think my last point on it would be that I don't think it's a coincidence that everyone else that he was talking to got in trouble for I, I taking think, things into reality. I think that's fair. Well, I, well, but I also, you know, 
in talking with these people, then they're probably the ones that took it further and further. And maybe if he's sitting there jerking off, chatting to them, thinking, oh, this is great. Like, these people know what they're talking about. Like, this is a great chat, you know, or something like that. Probably because they were experienced in, in the business of whatever the fuck they're doing. Yeah. I think an interesting postscript to the story is this guy is now an author mm. and has written novels about this very stuff. What do you think about that, Mike? Pulling an Issei Sagawa on that. Uh-huh. Except so like his Issei. first book was... Sorry, go ahead. Except Issei actually, uh, actually yeah, did he was the him. real deal. <laughs> yeah. So his first book is Raw Deal, The Untold Story of NYPD's Cannibal Cop. So he's essentially embracing this cannibal cop moniker he's now. He's probably got trademarks at this point. Then he writes a book called A Gathering of Evil. Gil Valley, the form Valet Valley, however we do it, the former NYPD patrol cop who rose to infamy, infamy, blah, 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 blah. But here's the story synopsis for this novel he wrote. It serves up a feast of gut churning horror. A feast. Sarah McConnell and Jennifer Miller are two young, attractive New Yorkers leading seemingly normal lives. Unbeknownst to them, they have been targeted by a group of wealthy and violent sadists who meet through the dark web and share some rather unusual and deviant sexual desires along with a desire to turn those twisted fantasies into reality. Marilyn and Bruce, the wealthy couple from upstate New York who have organized the event, have gathered this group of people from all different backgrounds and brought them together through a common bond. The lust and desire to kidnap a young woman and brutally end her life. The hunt is on. Will the prey survive this gathering of evil? That's the novel that Kai wrote. Sounds like he's just writing his own story there. Yeah. No. <laughs> and he has follow-up. Dude, to at this point, just right off into the fucking sunset. Like, just be gone. He doesn't have, I looked him up on Instagram too. He doesn't have like many followers or anything. Mm. He's not like super. Oh, he's like a legit still on there and everything. Yeah. He's promoting his shit on there. And stuff. Uh, second book, the social catalog of prey, a gathering of evil number two, and then the Lake Tahoe 10 killings. So he's all about it, man. He's a horror, uh, horror author now. Okay. Interesting. And Ian, I was doing a little bit of research myself while we while you were while we were doing the show here. Yeah. I believe I've located Mike's dark fetish.com. Oh boy. There we go. I think he's lying. For the record, I'm uh one of two people sitting here right now that does not have a dark fetish.com account. <laughs> so I'm not sure that's true. So. His name apparently is Horsecock College Mike 69er. <laughs> 69er. 69er. <laughs> In all fairness, that used to be my AOL screen name. So I located some of the posts he's made thus far on darkfetish.net. I would goo for Britney's poo. So I guess it's <laughs> kind of into the fecal stuff on there. Be one of the more innocent ones, uh, I think. <laughs> I will eat your pussy better than Catherine Knight. <laughs> Another known cannibal. So I don't know. It's, I will choke you like the Steelers in a playoffs game. <laughs> wow. I don't know what that's all about. A piece of shit that day. Damn. And I will nail you harder than the Romans who crucified Jesus. <laughs> So, uh, I like your posts on the site, Mike. That's really good. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Got some good hits on those, too. Yeah. Yeah. Did Kevin respond to any of those? He did not. Okay. No, I think he's into Ian only. Yeah, that's not really up his alley. Not for I. All right. Well, that's that. Well done. That was a different episode for us. So, are we universal in agreement that he should not have been convicted? Yeah, I don't think he should have been convicted. But I do think he was on the path to actually carry something out in real life. I I have to agree with you. And like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear that one day. We'll do a follow-up episode. Where are they now? Gilbert edition. Gilberto edition. 
I don't know. I feel like uh, I know it's not great to keep tabs on people necessarily, but I feel like everybody on Dark Fetish should be there. Should be a tab kept on. No, you're going to get kicked off now, (laughs) including you, Ian. (laughs) There's going to be a tab on you now, Palomino. So good luck with that. There's some stuff I've never seen in my life. Never even thought of in my life on there. Yeah. Like the guy was telling you about earlier that had the car wires pulled out of the car and he was all tied up and had the car wires around his genitalia shocking him. No, no, thank you. Can you post that picture? I still have my account open, so I'm sure I can find him again. (laughs) Very, there are, they were all BTK style too. You could tell he did that and then set up the camera to take them. Mm. Very. I think you should interview Kevin for a future show. A follow up. Fuck kids. Get Gilberto. Talk about one of his, uh, his book gimmicks. You know what got me thinking about Dark Fetish Net too is if I was horrified by most of the things that I saw in there and questioned if things were illegal or legal, I can't even imagine what is on the dark web, what is lurking around. Oh my god! What yeah. some of those websites? I don't even like to think about that stuff. Like fuck that. There was one video that I always thought was uh, like an urban myth of the internet. And then found out that it was actually true. And yeah. What's that? The Daisy's destruction video of the little girl being raped. and Oh, yeah. That's don't want to hear about that. One. People have requested to do that show. I don't yeah. fucking do that shit. Mm-mm. I always thought it was an urban legend and then turned out it wasn't. And some guy got arrested for it. People always request that we do stuff about kids. I don't want to fucking do stuff about kids. That story is that's fucking gruesome, man. Like it, for real, like a fucking almost like a creepy pasta. Like you read what the video is about, and it's like Jesus Christ. All right, so I got nothing else to add to this one. Uh, Ian, what do you got? Uh, I'm gonna delete my dark fetish net account tonight. A solid plan. Yeah, that's all I got. That's the end of it. Feel pretty good about that one. Yeah, you're gonna be getting emails for a long time though, Pally. I feel like, especially if they go the Ashley Madison route. And your email's going to oh, get uh, pushed oh, out. Oh, shit. How funny would that be? Yeah. God damn. That's in Russia, though. The server's over yeah, in Russia. Yeah. true. You know that guy? Actually, I forgot to put it in here. Uh, he said that he does Dark Fetish Net as a, um, a hobby, that his full-time job, he owns an ice cream place over in Russia. Really? Mm-hmm. It's not creepy at all when you sell all that ice cream to kids. But like big time ice cream, like he's a very wealthy guy. Some big ice cream company in Russia. Mm. All right, Sergey, good for you. The Ben and Jerry's of Russia, Dave. Yeah, apparently. (laughs) Also, Ivan and Alexandria. It's called. (laughs) All right, Dave, you got anything else? I don't. I said my piece on this guy. And I know people will disagree and I, I get it. This is a tough it's one. It's a fine line. I, don't know. I felt really uncomfortable talking about pretty much all of this in this episode. <laughs> like, this was not a fun episode to do, really. Different, though. I'm just trying to look at it objectively and, you know. And that, that jurist comment, though, still pisses me off more than anything. You can't. I, I understand you're trying to be a good person. You think you are. But you need to look at what he's charged with and the evidence provided and whether or not he was guilty. Not. He's going to commit a crime. You can't do that. That that would be no. Com- you can't completely 
reckless in this country. And I believe it's the same lady they interview on the documentary and they, they don't do a really good job of blocking her out. <laughs> no, they don't at all. I, <laughs> really? I actually brought that up when I watched it the other night. I'm like, you can really see that lady's yeah, you, face. You could pick her out of there if you knew who she was. <laughs> she's, a, she's a bit of a Karen and I expect nothing less from her on this. Goddamn. Goddamn. <laughs> Speaking of Karens, let's get to some patrons. (laughs) That's quite a segue. (laughs) Thank you very much to new patrons. Brad Can't Sell a Thing's Daughter. Tanya Cummins. Lexi Smith. Garrett Reed. Leah Belcourt. Maddie Wethington. Percy Rittenauer. Alexandra Creech. Cyril Gray. Sarah Smith. Zoe Nunley. Andreas. Neil Meachern. Megan Wang, Quay Kuntz, Dope Snickers, Cinder McInear, Minerva, Cheese Patty, Dylan Hankins, Joke About Mike's Room in College. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Lita, Jinter Garcia, Faith Thomas, Jared Stevens, Elizabeth Long, Cassie Roll, Kirk Scott, Deb Barron, Bethany Lamprin, Brandon Dimond, Jemima Ind Ind, Zane Scholes, Joshua, Andrea Andrea Boki, Laura Knight Lucas, Ash, and Sarah. Thank you very much. We appreciate all of your support. Ian, what do you got? For iTunes, I have one for Sam Townley, Holy Garrett, Lynn Mars, Not Pyro, and Eden F. Thank you guys for the awesome reviews. Dave, anything else? No, I just want to state that I believe it's Holly Garrett, not Holy Garrett. Oh, it's like the person you just read. I saw that review. Me or him? Him. Holly Holly Garrett. Holly. Thank you. Two L's. Okay. (laughs) Thanks, Holly. I I got your back here. Usually it's me getting shit for the names I read. (laughs) All right. We are on uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube at Necronomapod, Amazon.com, search Necronomapod. And if you want the bonus content, we are at Patreon.com slash Necronomapod. Um, you will have to type that in because I don't believe we so- show up on the searches. Explicit stuff doesn't. Because we're explicit content. So you'll have to like actually type our in our name to find us. I Anyways. hope the FBI doesn't arrest us for thinking about things that... Uh could be considered offensive. We have a lot of offensive things on this show. <laughs> so, anyways, thank you very much. We appreciate y'all listening. All right, you guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>